This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido Fresno. With me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido Fresno. And Maya Solano McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido Fresno. All right, coming in live, recorded from Fresno. Recorded live from Fresno. The, yeah. the recording was live, but it's not live. Anymore. Yeah, that's right. Recorded live. Yeah. We've been doing this thing where we um, sit for 20 seconds at the beginning of the recording so Chris can edit it better. And I feel like it brings a, a, a different energy to the podcast. Like we don't just jump into it anymore. Yeah. And so we're all just kind of sitting. I also feel like uh, there's something about the, again, we've been recording a little later than normal, uh, typically uh, after uh, some training and stuff. Uh, and I feel and had some get some food like and I feel a little little loopier, a little more lethargic, a little more uh, just like eh, I don't know. <laughs> no one saw the face, but there was face. <laughs> so we have a good episode though today. I feel like this is going to be a a good one. Yeah. Um, yep. So so uh, we're going to talk about a uh, video that uh, Maya and I and Josh first saw on Bobby Walker. He's one of our listeners. Um, on his uh, Facebook page, he had posted this video. Um, I believe the video's uh, post uh, titled Crazed Man with Stick Attacks Police Officer or something like that. I think it says uh, soaks up 12 bullets before stopping or something uh, like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, Crazed we, Man. We're, yeah. we're linking the video. Uh, it'll be, you'll be able to see a link um, below the video. Um, it is it's dark so so you know like i this is this is the only warning i'm i'm going to give you know heads up about like it's dark and it's a serious thing and and a man gets shot and um so this might be something you just you want to avoid but i think it was interesting explicit to talk about context. yeah it's yeah, very very serious. explicit yeah it's very serious um but i think it's interesting to talk about because you know to me and especially we've kind of done these episodes recently about talking about the difference between sport and real life. And, and to me, this, this perfectly illustrates how real life situations aren't like a sport at all. And, and, and they're nothing like that. And when you watch this video, you kind of can see that this is nothing like a sport match and, and shouldn't be thought of like a sport match. And the the result is nothing like happens in the movies or the sports. So um, I, I think it's good to talk about. And there's a ton of moments in it right. that, that are valuable. I think, to me, the reason that I thought it, was, it, it would be interesting to talk about was because I think you can overlay uh, the Aikido sort of... Um, you know, philosophy, you can overlay the Aikido, like, you know, how we, how you would approach the situation uh, from the way that we understand Aikido, and you can see how that could change or not the way that things right. played out right. um, in in the video. Um, and so you can look clearly at the video and go, oh, here's a moment where this thing happened, um, and, and, and how does that represent, um, you know, the things that we are talking about as, as martial arts, right? You know, I think too, maybe I'm not a hundred percent, um, the most, uh, informed person to, to talk about this, but I feel like it's a different kind of video than is generally passed around within martial arts, um, contexts or groups. Um, I don't really go out of my way to watch like, you know, real life confrontation stuff, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um but nonetheless, I've I've seen a fair amount of those videos just because they come across, you know, whatever 
forum that I'm on. Um, and generally they're more of a like, um, you know, dualistic kind of nature, like right. videos that I see. And so it's usually like, you know, a guy says something rude to someone's girlfriend and then the two guys, <laughs> you know, throw down. And that's, that's generally the style of video that I've seen. Um, not that that's the only thing so that's out there. So this is definitely a, but, a, a police use of force video. I mean, yes. law yeah, enforcement, because yes. I think the guys are sheriff. But um, it's a use of force video. Right, so right. just let's put that out right, first, right. you know, right. yeah. um, before anything. So that that's what you're seeing. But the context um, of, like, how the uh, interaction plays out, I feel it's very informative of um, why something like Aikido uh would be is beneficial and 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 is something also that this person the law enforcement officer sort of did did he did it right right you know right as 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 kind of untrained as it was like he's doing what one should do according to the aikido philosophy in the situation yeah so let's go through really quickly and it's not a super long video no it's not um and just kind of summarize what happens in the video if you're not interested in watching it i want to add one more thing to this also we're going to try to really stay away from discussing any kind of moral or legal things um we're not police officers we're not and so to me i'm looking at just as a citizen and another citizen getting into a situation i I think that it is important you know, it, we could you could easily get derailed going down uh, and and sort of answering the like asking or, or debating the question <clears throat> of like is this a um, you know a good use of force good shoot like right. however you want to do right. that right and and uh, and I think that is a, a conversation worth having and I and I I think we can actually touch 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 on it a little bit um, later in terms of like. Uh, uh, bringing it back to to Aikido, but um, I think it's kind of also good to just set that aside because you can get right, in the weeds right. easy. And, yeah, and we don't know what happened so. before the video starts, so we have no idea how it plays out. But it's just this situation where it starts. Yeah, I mean, and so yeah, take it with a grain of salt when we say, oh, you know, it might have been better if this had happened. We're right, just talking right. from a, a, a right the theory at, of Aikido, right. And and what happened in this situation? Right, and and this, this is not coming from uh, the police officer should have right. whatever. No, we're not. No, we don't want to go that. there. No, 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 not yeah. We're not going there. Right, and and like I said, I'm just looking at it as one citizen um, in this situation with another citizen, and this is what's going on. You know, right, right, and, and Aikido theory according to what's happening. Yeah. Um. So the the video starts with um. It's filmed by some guy who's in his car and he's watching this unfold, and there is an officer weapon drawn. Um, talking to uh, some guy, and they are inside of regular Aikido Ma'ai for sure. And um, they're the, close. Yeah, they're very close. Uh, and so, you know, that regular is that finger touch distance that we talk about a lot. Um, so they're inside of Ma'ai, um, firearms drawn on target. Um, and the other guy, the, the, the guy who's just standing there, he's got something behind him, and it looks like a stick. Um, and I don't know how much the officer knows about it. I don't know where the stick came from. I don't know it's, if they've already had an engagement. It's kind of covered in his jacket. It looks like he kind of pulls it out at one point. So yeah. it, it's hard it's to see. it's kind of hiding behind its leg. But yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's a little masked. Yeah. Right? Um, so that's the beginning. That's what we see in the beginning. And then um, the, the officers, you can't hear what he's saying, but you can tell that he's asking for compliance. You know, he's asking the guy right. to 
desist and, and, you know, quit whatever he's doing. And the guy begins walking towards the officer aggressively and, and the other guy's yelling at him, uh, you know, vehemently. And then he pulls the stick out and then he swings it overhead um, two different times and, and the stick breaks on the officer's arm while that happens. And then um, at that point, the officer begins shooting um, because his life's threatened. Uh, well, as he's walking backwards. Right, right. So I, back, I think before, backwards. right. And I think that's a, an important distinction to be made. Um, is that he doesn't begin to shoot, I do not believe, until he is mobile. Like, he is right, mobile right, before he right. is shooting, right? Yeah, so, yeah. As in fact, person's... I think in the very beginning, he takes a step back right off the, right, the, right. Yeah. the thing. Um, and then I got something to say about that in a second. But yeah, so he's, he's trying to get back, and uh, then he begins shooting, and he shoots multiple times. The guy has zero reaction to the shooting. It, it doesn't... Literally zero. Yeah. Like, it, watching it, you would think... Um, I and I personally was like, oh, did he even get sh- like? Did yeah. he get shot? It's or, hard to tell. And and there was um, in w- maybe in one of the comments or something, someone mentioned like the fact that maybe he the guy the um attacker, attacker or whatever yeah. ha- maybe had a bulletproof vest or something. That seems and highly and that's unlikely. what it seemed. But that's what it seemed like to me because the there was zero. Reaction. There wasn't even like to me. It looks like someone's you know, drugged out of his right. mind. There or wasn't out of his even mind like on some kind of flinching. I mean, it was, yeah, it was just uh, um, anyway. So yeah. Anyway, so yeah, he gets shot uh, multiple times and then proceeds to throw the rest of the stick that's left in his hand at the officer's face, um, and then he falls down and the officer continues to make distance and then um, secures the scene from there. And, and the guy dies rather graphically, um, which I think is something I, I want to talk about before this podcast is over as well. Um, and if you want to watch it, that's great. If you don't want to watch it, I told I I think you shouldn't watch it, right? So if you've got any feelings, it's graphic. It's very very graphic. And yeah. I don't think you have to necessarily watch it. Um, I mean, if you trust us, if you don't think that we're lying about what's happening, right. then you don't necessarily yeah, have to watch it. Like you know, it. Yeah. I would really also like say just to, to kind of paint a picture of what's happening in this video, um, how far would you say the pair move in total? Throughout the video, yeah, like probably 20 not, feet? Uh, more than that, but not too much. I would say less than 50, 50 or less for sure. Uh-huh. Um, because there are good ways. That, it's hard to tell because the camera, I don't know what kind of right. lens is on the camera. Right. So I don't really know. Um, but but it, it's not too, too far. Um, it's probably the length of our mat, right? So Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, not super far. But they move a, a fair amount fair from amount. like the guy who's videoing at first. It's like, you know, you can see both of them kind of. In the distance. Yeah, not so super far, but kind of far. And then at the end, they're right next to the guy's car who's filming, and he's it's it's rather close. Right, right. So. Right. Um, I think the first thing to talk about from an Aikido perspective, when I saw it, you know, instantly, and like I said, I'm making no judgments. I don't know what happened before, but just immediately when it flashes on, weapon drawn on a guy, and the other guy has a stick, my immediate thought was too close. Right. You know, like yeah. danger. Too, yeah. Too, Way too, too close. close. Right. Because, um, you know, when we teach Ma'ai and Aikido, the idea is you never want to be any closer to someone than the fingertip distance, meaning if we both extend our hands out and our fingertips touch, that's the last distance. And the reason why that's the last distance that you're even possibly safe is because it will take them a step to make contact with you. And that step is reaction time for you. So you have enough reaction time to do something, you know, if you're on the ball. Um, and then if any weapon you add, that distance has to go up by the length of that weapon. So meaning if I had a club, we would include the, the club in the hand and then measure that distance. 
this guy had a long tree branch right, right. and um they were inside of you know the guy could have punched him right yeah um, that tree branch looked like it was like four feet it is long yeah it's about the size of a did tarot. it yeah. um and see so i didn't pay a, a close attention so if he could punch him then he definitely could have grabbed for the weapon i and that's they were another, in, they yes, were in that another... they were in that close because to me my uh watching it i didn't really i was just like he got hit with that stick, which means he was too close. Right. You know, mm-hmm. um, but if they were even closer than that, then, you know. Yeah. And again, some of this is like when you're a law enforcement officer, you sometimes do not have the benefit of being able to right. have that distance to begin with. Right. Um, but y- y- the minute that you perceive uh, there is a a weapon that has any sort of distance, you have to. Right. Um, right, and I think this will lead us actually to the next important thing we need to talk about. But but first, I just want to touch on this one more second. Again, we're saying nothing about what happened because I don't know what happened before. Maybe that guy was beating a kid with that tree branch, and the officer sure, had to right. physically right, jump right, in right, and right, separate them, right. and that's why he started that close right, before right. he drew his weapon. I don't know what's going on. Well, and it, so, it, it, I would I, I don't know. I, I to venture a guess, it looks like he was in distance, like he was trying to talk to this guy. You know what I mean? Right. And something it. it evolved rather quickly to where he had to draw his gun you know what i mean and so it's it's i think the role of a lot of officers is to hopefully handle the situation without any force and so i would imagine that he thought that he could talk to this guy and try and you know reason with him and kind of talk him down a little bit and then you know he was closer than he meant to be and then next thing he knew it was like oh shit this is no longer a talking matter right you know and and you know i I think here's another point to kind of talk about the difference between aikido and and a martial art that's trained for sports specifically you know if you're thinking of using the skill set you're learning in a sport martial art then you do need to get close so you can do your sport thing right so you can take them down or hit them or kick them or whatever it is that you've learned in your sport martial arts so getting close to them is what you want to do to assert physical dominance and I think that I would venture to guess that most people who um, have uh, studied some sort of unarmed martial art, so boxing, wrestling, whatever, whatever, um, there is a, a physical distance, a ma'ai that you become comfortable with. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so that becomes the default. That's and if right. you have never trained with someone uh, attacking with a longer stick, you don't. I don't think that you even understand that there are distances outside of your that comfort zone. Right. And so I think you settle into that place that you think is comfortable, which is right on the edge of where you would set to throw a striker or, or whatever. Um. And if they have a weapon, that is the danger zone. Yes. yes. That is yes. danger, danger, yes. danger. So I think that is a big thing uh, to think. It's like to keep in mind if you are training boxing, that is training you to get comfortable in a very specific uh, ma'ai, and a very specific that's space. you can hit them at. Right. Um, but that's that becomes your... That becomes the default. the default. That becomes where you feel safe. So when you get in that position without even knowing it, uh, subconsciously, you you go, I'm safe here, right? Right. Um, and even if you see a weapon, you may your not be able to... Right, your is, thought I'm process is, I'm going to hit you so you can't use the right, weapon. I'm going like, to grapple you so you uh, can't use the weapon. So, you know, unless you have dealt with understanding weapon distance and getting hit with dis- with weapons you may not really fully appreciate 
the the different the difference in the mod and you can say consciously oh yeah i understand that if i saw a weapon i would change the distance but if all you're practicing right, is right. unarmed well, stuff right and then you that's also you what also you unconsciously get no, comfortable with you would also have no um no no set relation to even understand yeah you know you see a four foot stick well how far is four feet to get away from um now because I've had all sorts of things swung at me, I I have a pretty good sense of like that sized weapon, how far that distance is for me right. to get out right. of. Right. If you have never had someone swing something like that right. at you, you may not have that. Right. That we, we uh, run idea. drills um, specifically at the school where we will have one student with a, a myriad of weapons behind them, and um, another student on the opposite side of the mat. And then the student, uh, one of the students will choose a weapon and begin walking towards the other person. And they'll say when that's in range and when that's not in range. So you get really used to like looking at someone holding something and going, that's about far enough that you're going to hit me if you take another step. And so we run those drills specifically for that. So you become very comfortable with recognizing what a three foot stick looks like, what a four foot stick looks like, what a knife looks like, you know, so yeah. yeah. And that's an important thing to understand that your ma'ai is very, very variable. Your distance is right. very variable. And, and I think really important with, with pointing out, and so I'll say it again, it's like if you are only looking at or training or doing, um, you know, boxing, wrestling, whatever, you're not going to have that skill set. And so it's going to put you in a situation like this. You you might be in a slight disadvantage. Right, right. And I think, and this is maybe slightly off topic but on the subject of weapons in general like i think a lot of people who go um well but unarmed stuff is more practical for life because like most people aren't gonna pick up something and swing it at you because like that's that's crazy person stuff and like i'm mostly just dealing with regular people people. right those are the people who attack you like same you know as this video as this video kind of shows yeah Yeah. so like that's who's going to be attacking you so that's a good chance that you they're know, gonna pick up something and smash. Yes, it. it doesn't take watching too many like you know of these like real life encounter videos. I mean, you look on YouTube; it doesn't take long. You will see that almost always, unless it's two young dudes trying to prove who's cooler, um, someone picks something up and begins smashing the other person with it almost immediately because that's what is clever. Like that is the that's the best advantage you're gonna have. Um, Okay, so so basically, um, this guy's got a stick. The ma'ai's bad. Um, the officer realizes this, or I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know how they got there, but he begins backpedaling, and so he's trying to make distance. But the problem with backpedaling is you will always move less efficiently backwards than someone else moving forwards, um, and that's for two main reasons. One is your body's designed to move forward and not designed to move backward very well, meaning your toes are on the wrong side of your foot if you're moving backwards, so you can't stabilize and balance yourself like you can when you move forward. Um, also, your eyes are not in the correct position because you can't see anything behind you, so anything that's behind you is going to give you trouble. So from an Aikido perspective, he should be moving laterally, um, and if you look at the drill we run, um, we immediately, we, we often put in small boxes so they can't go backwards very far and they have to learn to move laterally because that's going to give you the best chance of keeping that distance. Right. That said, you know, if you have a firearm and, and this is, again, I'm real limited on seeing the situation. If you have a firearm, you have to understand what's beyond your target. So he could have been backpedaling only because the safest shot 
was mm-hmm. in the direction he was already aimed. Very true. I don't think that's true because um, he was shooting into traffic. There's traffic going right mm-hmm. in the direction he was shooting. And it looked like they were in kind of a wooded area. So I think other directions actually would have been superior um, to that. But nonetheless, backpedaling is a really bad idea. And, you know, in, in Aikido, the way we teach it, we really try to keep you from backpedaling yeah. for more than one or two steps. Right. Right. Sometimes you got to take it one foot backwards. It, it'll it'll it happen. Right. It'll, it'll definitely happen. But the minute that you find yourself multiple, and and, and you, you kind of saw this with him, and I think this is one of the reasons, um, you know, that ultimately it, it, the shooting began was because he was being uh, uh, overrun. Right. Yeah. Um, and the minute that you feel that, you have to begin to change direction right. of some sort. Right, you right. Know? Um, and again, now it's, it's, you know, it is difficult when you're dealing with a a situation when you're out in the real, because, and I didn't see, but who knows what was on either side. Right. That's exactly right. And and, yeah, if there's traffic on inside it, maybe there's a ditch on one. So, you know, perhaps back was the only way he could go. There are still ways to move backwards, even, you know, laterally. Right, um, right, to get, right, to get where he you could to basically go, you know? keep the same uh, background to his target um, and still use lateral movement back and forth. Right. So, like, yeah. and any any movement sideways is better because you'll get better vision for it and you'll get better movement, like true movement, better. Plus, it's harder. Like, so when someone's marching you down and you're going backwards, you're not changing the target for them except for distance. Right. You're not not going right or left. And so it's easy for them to process. Just go faster forward and I'll catch this guy. However, when you begin going left and right, now they have to make decisions about how long you're going to be going right, how long you're going to be going left, and right. when you're going to switch. And that makes more processing power. And so like when we're talking about like an OODA loop, you know, like how to stay in, intentionally ahead of them, you need to be proce- making them process as much as possible. Right. And so going sideways will do that. <laughs> it was funny watching it because I had that exact like – like you ever watch something or, or hear something and you put you place yourself in the oh, shoes the of, of what's happening. Yes. I was like watching myself like what 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 would I do if I was in that situation? I was like oh, move move like right, right. when you shout at the TV when they're right, you know girls right. running in the horror movie like that's how I felt in that is like oh you right. need to move more move, move, you know yeah, move right. and move quick and move yeah and, and continue moving yeah. yes and, and I would like to point out another thing here uh, about a difference between sport training and and non sport training or training for sport versus not training for sport. The situation to me looked like an icy ground. Um, it's white. And now it could be sand, it could be paint, or it could be uh, ice. ice. I'm yeah. not sure what it is. But to me, my initial instinct looking at the situation, because it looked kind of damp, it looked cold, and it looked like the ground was white. So I was like, icy situation. Now, icy situation, you cannot turn and pivot and move mm-hmm. like you would. And yeah. the officer was shuffling. And yeah. so I'm assuming that he had unsure footing, and that's yeah, why he right. was shuffling, right? Yeah. Um, and so here's another thing. When you train sport, you only train on the mats in the school you train at. That's it, right. you know? If you train outside, maybe you train on the grass some. But, like, especially if you're doing grappling stuff, you are not training on the myriad of, of surfaces. And I'm not saying this for, like, the, oh, concrete's so hard, you won't realize how hard you're going to get slammed. I'm saying it because your footing will be different. Right. And if you don't train with shoes on, it will be very different than that. And yeah. so you have to get used to moving, uh, doing agility drills 
in different situations. And so if you're training in a school that's focused on self-defense, there will be more stuff about different environments. Like we're doing a lot of outside training right now. Um, and it's good because it's like, oh, sometimes there's a hole, you know, sometimes right. there's slippery ground. <laughs> right. or oh my gosh, there's mud. Right, right. Speaking right. of that, um, this is a, I saw another video that was making the rounds a while back and it's uh, security cam footage of, uh, a, a, look, I think it's a cook um, working in a kitchen and somebody comes in the back and um, attacks him in the kitchen and grabs a kitchen knife and and they're like grappling and wrestling and cutting each other over Mm -hmm. this knife um and the ground in the kitchen is greasy greasy. oh my god they're slipping and falling and like it's not ideal grappling or standing or running situation at all and I, I I didn't know what to say, but like, oh my god, that looks horrible. Yeah, because yeah. they they can't like a couple times the guy who's trying to get away is like trying to stand up and slips and falls and like it's you know not the ideal situation That's at right. all. You know right. and 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 yeah. you know if you're training not for sport but for for you know I might might need to use these skills outside of that. You don't want the first time for you to experience unsure footing to be in the the struggle for your life right right um and so if you are thinking about training for something that's beyond uh, a, a sport situation or or just recreation or aesthetics or whatever rent out a mcdonald's and go grapple on the greasy <laughs> floor no um just just call them a bad name and then get back there no anyway don't do that um but anyway, so so footing is another thing I think that's an important thing to talk about that I think that officer was definitely dealing with yeah um, was what was going on with with his footing um so then what happens is the guy chooses to hit the officer with his stick. And what he does is he rears back with the stick and he comes straight overhead with the stick um, and smashes down upon the officer. And the officer luckily gets his arm up in time to defend against the stick coming down. The attack that's being thrown is known in Aikido as Shomanuchi. Classic, yeah. The defense known is also known as Shomanuchi. Uh, yeah. So... The officer actually did exactly what an Aikido person is trained to do. And the attack that came in is exactly the kind of attack that we train for in Aikido all the time. Now, if you're in a sports situation, you probably never encounter that. And I'm not saying that it's so, it's a hard thing to deal with. But what I'm saying is when you look at a system that's training for something that's not a sports situation, that is a kind of attack that happens a lot because people are smashing with something. Mm-hmm. There's something in my hand that I'm smashing over your head. And that's different than a calculated boxing strike. Um, and so in this, we're seeing a real world situation of exactly the strike that everyone always says, oh, no one would ever throw that. And in a boxing match, you're right, never be thrown. And in a cage, probably also never be thrown. But in a situation where someone's got a tree branch and they're trying to break your head with it or a machete or put in your thing, that's exactly the way they're going to swing it right um so at this point the officer puts up his arm manages to keep the blow from hitting his face um uh and he begins shooting the gun um and he does exactly what you should be trained to do in a life-threatening situation was once he begins shooting he doesn't stop shooting until his target is no longer there right so if you've never kind of been in a threatening situation it's easy to go like why did he keep shooting but the reason is because his life's on the line and the man's still moving towards him. So he needs his gun to do more work to right. stop the guy from coming towards him. I, th- I thought one one thing that this really was uh, eye-opening in showing was that, that thing. You know, what you hear about all the time, um, but I don't think you see all the time, which is like, well, what about the guy who never stops? And it's like, well, he's going to stop. Well, in this case, he didn't, and it's very, very like clear that he's 
that he is unaffected by the right. at least you know the gunshots at least at first like it affects him eventually right but that takes some time right yeah so um and it's very clear so for that i think it's good to see that like here's a person who has been shot however many times nothing so if he's been shot however many times and nothing is your kick is your punch is your <laughs> wrestling going to affect him? I mean, it, it's a question to ask. Right, right, yeah. right. If I can shoot someone and he doesn't even really flinch, am I going to hit him in the face and and that'll do and it? have something? Ha- you know, yeah. Is that a person that I want to take to the ground and wrestle? Right. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's a, a a good question. And then in terms of like. Uh, Aikido, for us, we get this a lot. We have videos up where we train with uh, a pool noodle. um, And people sometimes, well, why are you training like that? Like, the the person is unaffected by you hitting them. So, yeah, what Josh is saying is in the drills, uh, one person will have a pool noodle, and they'll be hitting the attacker, and the attacker doesn't stop or flinch. Um, And And people will ask, why don't you use another, you know, Something that would hurt the right. attacker. Pe- people seem to think that that is unrealistic because obviously, if you had any sort of weapon, you hit someone in the head, they're going to be affected by it. Um, and here we clearly see that's not the case. Right. Um, and you have to train yourself, as the police officer found out, to uh, not have your first response be what am i gonna do the first response has to be i shot him once didn't stop i gotta move and shoot him again gotta move and hit him again gotta move you know and what josh is saying is a real important thing to notice is like to move and shoot him again you're not gonna plant yourself and just unload the gun because he's getting closer to you every single time yeah and this is something that aikido really trains which is to move constantly you are constantly moving like you know even even bad aikido schools like um, i shouldn't say that but even aikido schools that i look at their their geowaza practice and i'm like that's not very good in my opinion um they're training their students to move constantly and so that moving is what you need to learn to do and and that's what's actually preserving the officer's life is his ability to continue to make distance now no i was just gonna say that's a good uh, caveat to put in there is like there's a difference between like handling the attacker and preserving your life that's like right. those two things are not always um inner intertwined that's interlinked right. like just because you're shooting the attacker does not mean that you're inherently also protecting your life right like that's you have to right. also take steps to protect your own life in addition to dealing with the threat yep and I think Josh pointed on something too here that I think is really good, and Mai's kind of uh, talking about this too. Is that you know uh, what what training in a sport martial art would have helped in that situation? And and you know I think Josh is making very valid points that if the gun is not stopping that guy, you're punching him and kicking him probably also wouldn't have stopped him. And you might think you know oh well I could take him down though, and that would stop him. But this is a guy who's already swung a tree branch at a guy who's got a gun pointed at him. So we have zero doubt in our minds that he's willing to use lethal force against lethal force. 
if the officer chose to take him down and the officer's by himself in this situation, there's no backup, right? So if the officer chose to take him down and that guy happened to have a pocket knife or a, a gun himself or something he did not, right. the officer didn't know about, that weapon can be out and being used against the officer so fast yeah. that he won't have time to track the and, weapon. you know, watching the video, it's like, I don't know, at first my, you know, because the guy dies at the end. Like that's, that's really fucking sad. Um, and my, my, my little bleeding heart goes like, well, did he have to kill him? Like, was there any other way? Like, you know, trying to think about the situation and why, what happened happened and, um, you know, oh, but it was just a tree branch. Like, you know, could it really, you know, there's, there's no comparison between tree branch and a gun. Like, didn't the officer know that he was already in the stronger position? It's like, yeah, but if the guy was willing to swing a tree branch at you, who who knows what else he had on him? You know, he could have had a pocket knife. He could and if have he'd had, got the gun. Right. And that's the other thing, you know, and I think also too, like, I had to remind myself of this, that like, we don't know what happened before right. and we can't hear what they're saying to each other. And so, you know, maybe he is saying to the officer, I'm going to fucking kill you, oh, yeah. you know? Well, right. But again, like, I think this is going down a, a path that like doesn't do us any good, except to say that you like the Aikido philosophy allows for the longest period of that person not using lethal force right right yeah. you know what i'm yeah. saying yeah. yeah so if regardless of you know we could argue about whether or not there should have blah, 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 blah. no yeah and, i don't want to do that and and you know again i think those are good conversations to have but lethal force is going to be used now when that lethal force how long that, how long's the window how long until? is the window for right. that to happen is either re like Forever long, if the police officer is, you know, or I should say, if if the the person being attacked is really good, um, you know, maybe it doesn't happen, right. lethal force, right. Right. or at least it goes until there is no other option. Right. Right. But the that that time period is extended. Right. But I think only by understanding. And I, I don't even want to say Aikido, whatever, you know, it, it is the philosophy that's in Aikido, but I don't think it's, I don't think we have to solely attach it to Aikido no, as if it doesn't not. exist in the, in, the world. in the world because it's a principle that exists in the world. The longer you can keep physical distance, the longer until you have to use any kind of force. Right. And so, right. so thinking also about Aikido as being that, that peaceful martial art, we see that it gives us the best opportunity to for a peaceful resolution. Right, right. Right? Yes. Because he he definitely could have, the officer, shot him before he even started moving backwards. Sure. I Absolutely. mean, right. he could have shot him at any point. Absolutely. But he tried to... He He's trying to do the best he could to preserve exactly. all life as yes. much exactly. as possible. Yes. And, and, and so it's inherently he understood... That, like, in order to preserve life, I need to make distance because right. I can't have this guy attack me, right. and I don't want to shoot right. him. Yes. Now, I could shoot him, and he won't attack me, but then he gets shot. And so the officer's doing exactly what Aikido prescribes yes. is increase the distance between yes. you two. And I think the the in order to preserve life, I also need to move me. Yes. Um, because I think a lot of people will go, well, in order to preserve the guy's life, he should have put him into a control. You know, well, Aikido also talks about controlling and pinning and stuff, and why didn't he do that? Um, but I think it's a it's a high risk situation 
And it, you have to also put have mind to protecting and preserving your own life yeah. in that situation. I think situation. anyone saying that has never been in a situation, like uh, has never done any training where they're doing grappling and been surprised by a weapon. Right, right. Um, because I have many times, uh, and I spend a lot of time training like this, been grappling with someone and there was a weapon in a place I didn't know. And then all of a sudden I feel my ribs getting lit up. Right. And it's like, oh, they're stabbing me over there. And if that was a live knife, that would be the end of it. Well, yeah. and also we have to step back and, and look at what the situation is right he uh the uh the uh and i i i want to take this out of like referring to the guy as the officer because it doesn't to me like it doesn't doesn't matter to the defender and the attacker so the defender has a gun out at this point okay so and the person is not being compliant so there is no taking him there is no control point at at that you know what i'm saying yeah there is i mean so your only option as prescribed right. Are you by holster and do a double leg is that your idea? Right. Your only option as prescribed by Aikido is to to make distance. Right. 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 You know, until you can get to a position where you do have um you are at such an advantage, you know, maybe he could have just kept distance until the guy got so tired that he just laid down on the ground and, you know, right. or something else happened. Um, well, um I don't know. And I'm, that didn't happen, but you know. I'm trying to keep it away from hypotheticals, but I think a lot of people, because I had these thoughts, so I'm trying to address these thoughts because I had them myself and I want to talk about them without, um, once again, without putting anything on right. the the people. Situation the situation. situation. Right. Yeah. It's what, what happened is what happened. Um, but I think a lot of people look at it and go, well, um, but you know, why, why didn't he try to control him? You know, why, like, but he did. I mean, right. that's well, the and, point. And, it's like, if I point a gun at you, that is me trying to right, control right. you. But, and then, and my, that's a much better control, by the way, than anything else. Right. And so the little voice in my head goes, well, but what if the guy doesn't understand what's happening? Right. What if he's, you know, mentally not all there or, you know, what if he's, right. you and know, like, then you create distance. Right. Like, and this is so what I'm saying the, is like, that is really the best thing to do is, is because that gives you more time to impress upon the other person Correct. that this is serious. I mean business, you right, know, and right. the more time you give yourself via distance, the more time you have to hopefully convince the person, like, I will shoot you. Or I mean to it. have, right. or to, you know, in the case of law enforcement, in many cases, right. have your backup right. show up right. and yes. surround, or, you know, any other other things that, that could happen, right. so... We can't start with the Aikido philosophy uh, any further than already at the distance. But, you know, the Aikido philosophy at that the stage that they're at is make distance. If you cannot make distance, blend with their action, meaning physically move in ways that they can't get at you. Um, and then if you if that doesn't work, then you're going to use some kind of force, right? Yes. So whatever it is, you're going to use force. So what, the, what, what Josh and Maya are, are kind of talking about here is that like – if he is able to make distance, that in Aikido would be his first choice yes. to make distance. And so that might keep it that he doesn't have to, to squeeze that trigger. Now, he does have to, to to squeeze the trigger at the point that he feels he is going to be overcome. Like, uh-huh. there's no way around that. And right. and in this situation, it, it looked like it was pretty reasonable when he chose to do that. That all aside... The first idea and philosophy of Aikido is not to use force. It is to right, first right. make distance. And I think people oftentimes will look at our approach and go, oh, wow, so you're comfortable using a gun on someone, huh? Y- y'all are violent fuckers. You're preparing to shoot people. You're preparing to whack people with 
with sticks like how violent of you how very un aikido and it's like you're not looking at the the stages of this approach and how much we focus on looking at awareness looking at distancing and angling and all that stuff before we have to use the weapon right. the thing with you know when you're studying sport martial arts is you're you're immediately using a less than lethal force so like that's the training of sport martial arts is to immediately use less than lethal force in aikido we are trying to never use lethal force right so right. if it gets to it there's lethal force involved however i want to never get there and so, like, instead of getting up in it so I can use my lethal force, I'm trying to get up out of it so yes. I don't have to use get my up lethal out of force. It. Yes. Um, and, and, but at the end of it, it's lethal force we're talking about. And so, and that's why I think the end of this video, if, if you're the kind of person who's really trying to process this stuff, I think it's important to look at because it's, it's, it's um, uh, grotesquely long how long the video stays on the guy who's dying. But it yeah. really, it really cements it in your brain that the likely outcome of very serious physical conflict is the death of one or both parties. And when you look at that very seriously in that situation, you know, I'm looking at the guy and I'm looking at the way he's dressed and the guy's wearing some kind of graphic t-shirt and he's wearing a blazer and some pants that he thought was cool. And that's the way that guy got up that morning and dressed himself to go live his life and go have fun. What happened was he got shot on the side of the road and bled out and died in t terrible pain. That's what happens when you get into conflict. It's not like a sport match where someone's arm gets rose and they feel awesome and the other guy's like, I'm going to go train harder so I can do it again. It's life and death. And so I don't want to get in that exchange. Yes. I don't want it to be me and I don't want it to be anyone yes. else. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like the philosophy of IQ, what, what, it, what works so well about it is um, that it understands that what you're saying right now that the ultimate end to uh conflict the ultimate bad end is destruction yes right and how can we keep from that in a in a harmonious way um and sometimes destruction is what happens i mean then you know it is that's just the way that the the world works um but what gives us the best option the most time, the most um, whatever to find that harmonious interaction that that keeps us from destruction. Right. Um, and I think you know if 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 it played out like if we took this scenario and we played it out, if we could you know recreate it and play it out the Aikido uh, way, you know you could easily see that um officer rolls up and sees the guy has a, a a stick and stays out of the range of that stick so it never gets swung you know um you know he uh sees the guy is definitely not afraid of the gun and gets back in his car and sits in his car until backup arrives and then they you know, swarm, um, right. or any number of things that, that, that could, that could happen, 
you know. Right. Um, or like I was, you know, he just, the guy keeps coming at him and he just keeps moving around until the guy gets tired and is right. like, I don't want to do car. this anymore. You know, and, and you we, know, so. again, we can't, we don't know what happened. So why this, and, and there are lots of reasons that it could play out. But, but in Aikido, what you're trained to do is give yourself the longest amount of time before any physical conflict happens. And then even once the actual physical side has begun, we're still trying to buy time. Like that's what yes. we're always looking for. And so that, that makes the mentality of that kind of training very different. And, and in my opinion, much more what you want in life. You know, this is what I'm always looking for in life. I'm trying to decide where dangerous people are and I don't want to go over there towards them. How I can sure up my house so dangerous people can't get to me. You know, these are the kinds of things that I think are, are pragmatic, useful things in life. Um, and, and, you know, sports fun. But to me, I look at it as just fun. And, and might those fun skills have some play in a real life defense situation at some point? They might, but I hope to God they never do. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I really don't want that ever to happen. I think, and you've kind of already hit on this a little bit, but I just want to re-highlight that, like, the video is very unglamorous. Yes. It's not awesome in any mm. way, shape, right. or form. Yes. That's right. You know, it's tragic, and it's difficult to watch, and it's um, not, there's not a lot of action despite someone dying like the it doesn't look like a grappling match to the death it's or like, something it's like you know? exactly the opposite of movie because in a yeah. movie you see the bullet having huge effect on a guy and then in the end like oh the guy's got a bleeding He's, arm right in right. this video um, the guy doesn't stop at all when the bullets are hitting him. You can't even tell he's getting shot. And then all of a sudden he falls down and you see the life pour out of his eyes. Yeah. And I mean, that is like, you know, if, if you, if you have any empathy at all in you, when you see that, it's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And there's yeah. nothing glorious or nice or good or cool. You don't feel like good job officer. Uh, I mean, I'm not saying that bad job officer either. I'm just saying that like, that's what had to happen. And it's a damn shame that that had to happen. Yes, it is a damn shame. And I think that like, you know, sport martial arts are really fun. And that's like the whole point of them is to have a good time and like enjoy and grow yourself. And like, that's a fun hobby world that, 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 that is occupying. And, you know, honestly, so is traditional martial arts. Like, I'm not saying that like Aikido is like some exception to that shit. But what I am saying is like, we can't let ourselves get deluded into the, the fun world of martial arts being like, realistic for life and like that we're gonna feel like we're in a movie and it's gonna be really fun when we get into conflict and you know what i mean like right. we can't let that um delude us in that way um and it's really easy to do because most of life is fun and mostly watching tv shows about you know fights and stuff look makes it look really heroic and awesome yeah and training with sport martial arts and martial arts in a school is super fun that's super fun you know yeah but it's not real life well, yeah. I think, you know, another thing to really point out and to think about is kind of what we touched on in the beginning. Like, and again, I don't know the, the person in this video. I would assume uh, he is not trained in uh, Aikido, let's say. Um, and yet, sit, if from for someone who watches Aikido, the, the situation that plays out is one that you would understand. Yes. Um you know, when that, that tree branch comes down, you know that's a showman. When he blocks it, you know that's a showman. You know, and, and this is um, not because that he's trained. It's because this it's life. This is the, the life. This yeah. is, yeah. you know. And so I think that's something that, pe that we sh people should point out about Aikido. It's right. like, look, it is 
in a lot of ways it is the essence it is it it's the a, a thing that exists in the world that that people do um so you can study right. it and you could get right. better at it yes. you know right. you, and those are all skills all of the things that happened could have happened better with training in right. each of those yes. things you and, know yeah. i think the thing josh pointed out right now is a really important thing and it's an argument i've seen when i'm when i'm making the argument to people that like you know explain to them what the aikido philosophy is and how our strategy works and people will say i've had people say to me um oh well but that's just what you naturally do so why would i need to do aikido to do that stuff because that's just what you would do and the reason is you know when when you learn boxing you could just say, um, oh, well, I'm just going to hit them. Of course, that's what I would do. I'm just going to hit them. Right. But you don't know how to hit them very well. And so the same thing with Aikido. This is the stuff that you will do if your life's actually threatened. But you could be better at it if you trained it in ways that allow you to understand, for example, how to move laterally, how to make distance, how to keep distance, how to recognize distance, how to, right. um, how to deal with the stress that happens, how to be able to use a weapon on the move. You know, all this stuff is trained in Aikido. So it's like, it is the stuff that just just happens but you need to be better at it and yes. and that's why you can't you we're can trying. be you better can at be better at it. you can be better at it and and aikido training does all of like all of those things that you just said that would have that would be ideal uh skill sets to have in this situation would are looked at and improved in aikido training if you're doing your aikido training sure. properly i was just gonna say <laughs> we have to add the caveat that I if mean, you're doing right. live training and actually training internalizing because yes unfortunately uh you know a lot of uh aikido training would probably put you to the point where like you know i'm not doing anything until he is in distance to grab my weapon hand hey grab my wrist yeah right um so that is a that is a a fault of the the training i don't uh, but not i don't think it's a fault of the system i think it's a fault of the training um but there it is, you know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, to me, this scenario looked like a scenario I deal with on a daily basis working with IQ. This is right, a, right. a common training, yeah. kind of scenario. That, um, we, that we would kind of train right, train and look at. Right. And I think it's a scenario you would see seldomly, if ever, in a, a sport martial arts school. Because it's just not anything, yeah, you, right, situations right. you wouldn't deal with, you know. Yeah. Um, and that's the difference, you know. And, and, and I'm not really... To me, it's it, it's kind of obvious the differences, and and I understand that often saying that like oh you know um, we don't train for sport is a shield against saying like you know like oh you know like sports stuff stupid and weak that that's not what I'm saying the sport people are the best at their sports stuff if you want to learn to throw people don't study aikido go throw right, go do right, judo right, right, and, and yeah, yeah, Greco Roman yeah. if you want to learn to hit someone hard. Don't do Aikido, go do boxing and Muay Thai. But if you don't want to hit or wrestle someone, then this martial art you want to study is Aikido. And and in real life, you probably don't want to hit someone. And not for a moral reason, but for a life-preserving reason. Right. Yes. Well, because you see, in this in, in this video, like the end result of that like the end result, uh, the ultimate end result is death in, in a conflict. Yes. Of, of this kind, you know? Right. Um, it's just, anytime you are in physical contact with someone, like, you never know how much more powerful they can be than you. I don't know, I was, I was grappling with Chris today and was like, yeah, I'm getting better. Look at me go. Like, I, I've learned some new things. Woohoo. That's crazy. 
I'm oh. a little upset at you for doing this. Sorry. Um, Just because we grab all the time. So she's trying to, she's getting extra on the side. <laughs> and then she's going to be better than me. Oh, anyway. Don't worry. You, you're still better than me. Nah, it's um, not about being better. <laughs> <laughs> someone's jealous um no i mean i just so so i was like "Ooh, look at me getting better um but then i thought about i was like hmm i wonder if i will ever be better than chris well maybe when he's old and then uh, (laughs) that's probably true true. (laughs) well so i'm going through the like 10 more years you got maybe five (laughs) wow nice do you want to retrain with them or not so (laughs) well so so then i was thinking wow man you know maybe i'll get him when he's old it's like well but he's still like way heavier than me you know what i mean like and just the the even if i was if i could soak up all the skill that chris had to give me and i was the same level as him he's still bigger than me you know and that just be significantly i would have to be significantly better than chris to to beat him at brazilian jiu-jitsu and like I just always am reinforcing this thing to myself of like, however fun and how, you know, that I have at, at grappling, like, it's not what I want to do with someone who means me harm. That's right. You right, know what right, I mean? Right, right. And it's, it's not something you want to do with anyone other than someone you're having fun with. Right. That's yes. the way I look at it. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, I like to wrestle. I would ne- I don't, I would never want to wrestle anyone who uh, I don't want to have fun with, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. 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 And so even in like and even in like a competition sense, there's still the fun. Right. Because we're both competing and, you know, yeah. But yeah. And same with like same with, you know, boxing or like no way, (laughs) you know, like, you know, I mean, like I have had many opportunities in my life to um, in an unorganized way uh, grapple with someone. Um, and, uh, you know, like I always feel pretty good about that. And then the more I started doing armed grappling, I started realizing that like, look, I'm better than most people at grappling and I'm, I'm a good size. So I don't meet that many people who are way bigger than me that are going to offset that. I'm a good size is a great way to say that. (laughs) You know, I'm I'm not a huge guy, but like, you know, I weigh 200 pounds and I'm strong. And, and so, so like, you know, I, I am of a size that's like, it's hard to get bigger enough to me and skilled enough that I really have a problem with most people. However, you could be tiny and slip out a pocket knife that I miss in in my grappling and you start loading me up and that's the end of my day. And so realizing that is like, well, even though I could handle it with grappling, I really don't want to handle it with grappling because if there's a weapon that I'm not aware of i will die or their friend yeah. comes and exactly. kicks you, I mean, yeah. kicks you yeah. in it goes the head. on forever <laughs> like, it goes on forever. right yeah so to me in any situation where i'm fairly sure that someone means to to do serious damage to me i have to make the assumption that like um i can't grapple with them i i don't want to get in there with them because they could have a pocket knife they could have a fr- right. well you know all those things i just can't i can't do that i right. it, it's you know right. bad for yeah. me so we can't yeah. do that we can't we can't do that it's but you know um if you're just looking to have fun it there may be nothing as fun you know like as grappling as grappling or like oh yeah yeah, dude i think grappling's like the best risk to reward of any martial art on earth because it's like it's low especially if you're not doing stand-up grappling you're not doing like judo if you're doing ground grappling you're probably not ever going to get hurt badly and you're gonna have a lot of fun yeah it's like it's super super fun yeah anyways all right uh we're at 54 whoa. minutes whoa okay whoa so uh, uh josh is gonna uh talk about our patrons and how Yay. we love them and then while he's doing that maya is going to slide into her phone and find our patrons yeah. to too, thank them i'm i was sorry i was too fast and i've already got them oh well, yeah all right josh your, your part got cut out today yeah, yeah it's fine 
don't care. I don't need to tell the patrons how much we love them and how they're the reason that and we're Josh able to got continue a doing of each this. Of you in his house an eight by ten. Oh my goodness! If I somehow could, <laughs> could figure that out. Nice. I don't know. Anyway. All that we're, we're gonna get a flood of eight patrons. by tens. I know. From yeah. our hey, I here's a picture it. of me. If you want, I will put them up. I have a wall at my house. It's just like that's that's one of my everyone patrons. Everyone comes over. They're one like, "Who? Right well, these are our patrons. This is my patron wall." There's there's Jim Sullivan. There's Okan Ayrton right there. Love <laughs> it. That's awesome. Um, but seriously, we really appreciate our patrons, and um, they make it possible for us to do this podcast. I mean, very literally, this episode. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you to Bobby Walker yeah, for, posting for posting that, that. and um, sparking the idea for this episode. Yeah, conversation. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, thank you so much to the Dirt Wasp Podcast, Chris Protector of Ducks, Comouse, mm-hmm. Jeremy, mm-hmm. Nick Bullman, Brad mm-hmm. V, Yero Madrona, El Terrible, Brooke Ferragamo, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Tommy Siv, Francis Cordone, Scott Burns, Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, Ocon Ayrton, Marchand Chiss, Randy Stewart, Thomas Polino, Hillary Jones, Constantinos Andrew, Franz Martinson, Yuli Simgo, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Acido, Matt Mumford, Jim Gallant, Matt Riley, Jim Iron Monkey, Sullivan, oh, yes. Grant Templin, and Iron, Lenny Acuna. Iron Monkey. Iron Monkey. Huh. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, tip of the week. I would say if you're up to it, go watch that video and, and see what you think. And it might be worthwhile too to to check out some of some other videos like that if if it's if you're okay with that. There yeah. are a ton. If you're interested in looking at like reality, whatever you want to call it, situations that happen from security cams or people on their phones or whatever, there is a plethora of it on YouTube. Uh, and I've spent a lot of my time combing through it because it's interesting to see how scenarios actually play out. So, you know, if, if you're the kind of person who's like, oh yeah, you know, I train in martial arts and I think that I could defend myself with the stuff I'm learning, watch those scenarios and, and see how well that matches up. And I would say, as you're doing uh, your regular training, really pay attention to uh, movement and positioning and uh, ma'ai and how those things sort of interact. Um, And especially if you're doing Giyawaza, let's say, um, pay attention to what you're doing and how you are interacting with with your uh, partner and whether you're doing things like moving backwards whether yeah. you're um reacting to how you're reacting to the ma'ai right mm-hmm. are you are you reacting uh in time to the ma'ai behind the, like you know really just pay attention to that kind of stuff because and just sort of try to see if you can't come to an understanding about movement and and aikido and what that really means and maybe we should do a podcast just about that because that might be a really good topic but yeah um it was a revelation to me in doing like giawaza and stuff that like i could be proactive about where i go in the situation instead of being reactive Mm -hmm. and i you know of course i am reacting to the things that are happening around me in that in those situations but also like going i want to go over there you mm-hmm. know i'm going mm-hmm. to re- move if i'm getting pushed to the edge of the mat as we're doing Giwaza, i'm making an effort to get back to the middle of the mat mm-hmm. and to me now i always just fix that in my head as like you know i know i need to get back there because that's going to give me the most options of places to move that's right and it's really powerful when you realize like that you you don't have to just um be dodging people 
so mm-hmm. to speak, but mm-hmm. actually going like, I'm going to go over there and then go there, you right. know, That's even right. if you have to take some detours to get there, you're, right. you're going somewhere, you know? And I think that's a big jump. Like, I think that's a big jump for people. Um, and that's where I feel like that's where you begin to see people that are really beginning to understand what, what the art is capable of, mm-hmm. you know, is when you can see that, like, they're not just presenting a target and then taking the target away. Right. Um, that they're interacting with the situation completely through the yes, whole very early. to the whole thing. Yeah. And that is, you know, Kokyu Masubi Right, right. And that's you know, that's what Yuashiba you and when people talk about the timings of Aikido and Yuashiba gets mad and says there is no Gono Sen Sen no Sen or Sen Sen no Sen in Aikido, meaning no before, after or ahead. Because it is everything, you know, and, and that's what he's saying is that it's like, if you have good Aiki, you are, you are one with the moment. You are one with go, what's going on. And that's, you know, that's where we would like to be. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll see you next week. Next see week. See ya. We ain't seeing no one, but we'll, we'll, we'll talk <laughs> you'll, in your you'll ears. You'll hear us. Yeah. All right. Bye. Next week.